gospel, the good news, it changes everything. I love to be invited to things. I love to get those uh, kind of thicker uh, envelopes in the mail and you're like, oh, I know this is, this is an invitation. It's just nice to get invited to stuff. It's like, yeah, someone thought of me enough to invite me to something. And they're kind of getting creative in invitations now. I saw one that was like a pencil, purple pencil was attached inside and said, pencil us in for this date kind of thing, yeah. Then somebody went really to the next level and uh, they, they put a viewfinder. Remember those things? That was back in the day, kids. Uh and uh, you would see these pictures. Well, it was like pictures of the couple and different, their, their engagement pictures. In the end, you're invited to the wedding. Oh, what a sweet moment. Love to be invited to things except for Candy Crush on uh, Facebook invitations. What is with this Candy Crush? I have never played. I'm a little afraid to play because some of you are addicted, man. Uh, but I get like an invitation a day for this thing. So it must be pretty good. Uh, but we all like to be invited to stuff. And that's kind of the backdrop of, of Scripture today as we look at John uh, chapter 1. John chapter 1, and you can grab your Bibles. You're gonna be, it's going to be on the screen in a second. But in John chapter 1, uh, John is one of the disciples of Jesus but he is describing this guy, John the Baptist, another John. And John the Baptist comes on the scene and he starts to tell people about this Messiah, this Jesus that is coming after him. And he actually sees Jesus one day and he says, look, there he is. That's the guy I've been talking about. It's Jesus, the Messiah, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So that's kind of the backdrop as we get into verse 35 here. Now, the following day after, after that happened, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there's the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they started to follow Jesus. Now, I don't know if they just like were creeping up behind him, kind of following him and just kind of, uh, kind of stalking him a little bit, but they, they were kind of following him. And then suddenly Jesus looked around and he saw them following. What do you want? He asked. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he says this, come and see. It's an invite. Come and see. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him for the rest of the day. Now, Andrew was one of those guys. Simon Peter's brother, you know Simon Peter, was one of these men who heard that John said, uh, what John said, and then he followed Jesus. Andrew, what did he do? He went to find his brother, Simon, and he told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought, he invited Simon, he brought him to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said this, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, not to be confused with Bocephus, uh, which means Peter, which is pretty cool because immediately Jesus is like giving out nicknames. I've always wanted a really cool nickname. Some of you guys have that. And he's like handing out nicknames on first uh, uh, experience with this guy. So he gives him the name. You're going to be called Peter from now on. Cephas is, is what it's translated. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, which is like 60 miles away, by the way. It's a pretty long road trip on foot. He found Philip and he said to him, hey, come on, follow me. Another invite, come follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. So there was kind of a connection. Sure, I'll go. 
Philip went to look for Nathanael and he told him, we have found the person that Moses and the prophets wrote about, this Messiah we've been waiting for, this Savior. He's here. His name is Jesus, the son of, of Joseph from Nazareth. I love what Nathanael says. He says, Nazareth, are you serious? Nothing good has ever come from that town, all right? Not, what good can come from Nazareth? And what does he say? Come and see. Come and see. Come check it out for yourself. Philip replied. And as they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, man of complete integrity. And Nathaniel immediately questions him. How, do, how, did you, how do you know about me? Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. People inviting people, inviting people to experience Jesus. That's what the gospel is all about. That's what the invitation is all about. It's, it's a pattern that starts with Jesus. He started his church that way. I mean, if you think about it, there's another story in the Bible. A woman uh, in Samaria at the well has an experience with Jesus. She has her life transformed by this moment at the well where Jesus says, you know, you've been filling your life with all this other stuff. I've got something that can really fill you. And she says, I am, I am the Messiah. I'm the one. And she she gets it. She gets it. And what does she do? She goes back to her town and says, everybody, you got to come and check this out. Come and see. Come and see. Now, I don't know if you've ever had an experience before at a restaurant or with a band or with a TV show, but you get so excited about it that you're like, you, you're not going to believe. This place is phenomenal. It's the best. It is I mean, you just get a buzz. I mean, you're just like, whoa, I, I, I'm so excited about what just took place. And I saw a movie and you're like, yes, this is the greatest movie of all time. And you are just telling people about this, whatever it is. Now, I heard uh, a couple of years ago about something pretty amazing like that. Uh, there are these chocolate chip cookies that are legendary, apparently, legendary, that a woman by the name of Jamie, who uh, helped lead worship this morning, she makes, wow, very uh, pixely uh, chocolate chip cookies. And uh, that, that, you can take that picture off, it scares me. Uh, but she makes amazing chocolate chip cookies. This is what I've been told for you. And they're called Steve's. Don't know why, ask her after the, uh, after the, the, the service today. But Steve's, and these Steve's I hear are just melts in your mouth, amazing good. The best chocolate chip cookies Ever. She puts like an addictive chemical in them. We don't even know what it is. Never had one before. And I was like, I, I, finally, I was like, I got to try one. I, I have to try Steve. And when I had one for the first time, it was, it was just something. It just, these aren't ordinary chocolate chip cookies, folks. I mean, these are amazing chocolate chip cookies. In fact, I've actually got, I've got a couple here with me. Steve's right here in the house today. Uh, they're not hot and fresh, but they're, Caleb, do you want to try a chocolate, a Steve? Here, have a Steve. You, got, you have to eat it now, though. Anybody else want one? Yes. All right, I'm, I'm passing them out right there. I'm going to, oh, one more. All right, Caleb, what do you think? Thumbs up from Caleb. Pretty amazing, aren't they? Yeah? Have you ever had one before? Yeah? All right, you can have this one, too. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could all have a Steve this morning? You can! Right now, we've got Steve's uh, passing out everywhere. 
I'm like Oprah this morning. One for you, and one for you, and one for you. Oprah, I went there, Oprah. That's right. Next week, new cars. <laughs> Woohoo! All right. Now, if you, do not, if you do not want a Steve, it's okay. Pass it down. There's more Steves for the rest of us. Mmm. You can just like make noises with your mouth. Mmm. Yeah, the mmm noise. It's good. All right, somebody hook me up. Car, Adam. Cookie. Now, Jimmy. Thank you. Whew. It's like the chocolate just pops. I mean, there's something about it. Pretty good. Pretty good. Now, I don't know if you've ever had experiences like this, but some things, you, I mean, when you try to describe things to people, you can't put into words like what it's like. I mean, it's just like, oh, it's just, it's just good. You, and then you, so you're trying to describe it and you're like, you just have to experience it for yourself. You, you have to try it yourself, okay? Now there's several places like that that I've found. There's this place called Connie's Custard. Uh, <laughs> Connie's Custard is amazing. It's, all, it's this little hole in the wall place on Jones Road. If you've never tried it before, the Texas tornado, the best. I, anytime we have guests in town, we go to Connie's Custard and have the Texas Tornado. It's just, it's the, it's the thing. There's a, a new place. I don't know if you've seen it off I-10. They've all, I think they built one on 45 Top Golf. Have you seen this place? It is awesome and uh, it's amazing. Uh, you can play like this games. It's kind of like bowling for golf. It, really, really cool, really fun. Um, some of you guys know that I'm a Cubs fan. Big, huge Cubs fan. Um, and, and I really wasn't a Cubs fan until this day right here, all right? My buddy Mark just got the Cubs gear on in the middle. My friend Matt has got the Braves gear on. I, he, almost, uh, he almost died that day in the bleachers from the Cubs fans who were not happy. But never, I, I kind of was a, a baseball kind of floater. I floated around baseball, liked baseball. But it wasn't until like the year 1998 that the Cubs made a run to the, to the playoffs. And my friend Mark just over the top loves the Cubs. And you just can't help it. He just talked about, loved the Cubs, got the gear, got the whole thing. It just, you just get swept away in it. And I was starting to kind of make steps toward being a Cubs fan. But he's like, no, no, you've got to go. We went to Wrigley Field that day, and it was a magical day. It, it, it snowed. It's, oh, this is opening day, by the way, I think 1999. It snowed. There's a band playing in the bleachers. There's just the smells of baseball. And it just, something happened today. The Cubs actually won. They hit a walk-off home run and won. By the way, we, we got a new manager the uh, other day, and we're going to, next year, it's our year. Um, but from that day on, I've been a Cubs fan. Some things that I found, you have to experience for yourself. You have to experience for yourself. And I really think that Jesus is the same way. Jesus was meant to be experienced personally, not just explained. He's meant to be experienced personally and not just explained. And, and that's what I, I feel like that God is and he's trying to teach us. And he's showing us in this verse, come and see, come and see. Cannot stand Sorry if you are in the room. Not a big fan. I'm going to dial it back a little bit in case there is. Use car salesman, okay? 
I personally don't like to buy cars because I'm very unknowledgeable in the field. So it's kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing here. But when you go to buy a used car, which I've always bought a used car because I don't get by a new car. And so go to used car. I just kind of had that feeling you're going to be taken. You know what I'm talking about? And then you're going to get like the schmooze, you know, like there's going to be this fake phony, hey, if I got a deal for you kind of thing. You know, and I always go, when I go to buy a car, I always have like a couple of facts in my mind because used cars, she's got tons of different cars in the lot. And so I'll go with like how much exactly the miles per gallon that this car gets. So then I'll ask, hey, what do you, what do you think the miles per gallon are in this car? And then like this number that's at least like seven or eight miles higher than that number comes out. And you're like, oh, okay, thanks. And you're like immediately want to like take off at that point. Uh, but it's just that feeling you're just getting conned. You know, you know what I'm talking about? And, and that is not what we're talking about with Jesus, okay? I hope that you get that. That's not who Jesus is. And that's not what it means to tell people about Jesus. That's the opposite. Jesus was meant to be experienced for yourself. And I believe that once you do experience Jesus, once he gets a hold of your heart, once he, he becomes real in your life, he changes your life forever. And that's why it's our, our prayer is, is in Ephesians 3, 16 through 21. You can see it on the screen. It says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with God's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know the surpassing knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power at work within us, to him be the glory to the church, in the church, and Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever and ever. Amen. That's what we want. We, our hope, our hope is that, that people would reimagine life. And when they get a hold of this love and they're rooted and established in God's love, that it changes everything. It changes everything. Cubs, they had this place in Chicago. Have you ever heard of Garrett's Popcorn before? Garrett's Popcorn is, it's amazing. It, it, it's we're in Chicago and I never had Garrett's before. And you see this like line going out of every restaurant. Okay. And there it is. You, you start to, you turn the block and you start to smell this popcorn. Like in Chicago, it's a big city, obviously. And the smells just kind of permeate everything, just hits you in the nose and you're just drawn to this place. Well, we're doing stuff and there's, there's these lines everywhere. We don't want to stand in line, but eventually we see so many of these places and every place has a line. We're like, okay, we got to go check this place out. I mean, there's, we go to the line, there's a woman there at the end, and we just begin this conversation. We say, what's the big deal? I mean, seriously. I mean, it's, it's popcorn. Popcorn's popcorn, right? We've all had popcorn. It's good. She said, no. No, 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 no. If you try this popcorn, if you try this popcorn, you'll stand in line too. You'll stand in line too. <laughs> we did. We got in line. Amazing. Amazing. And that's our, we, we believe it's worth it. We know that Jesus changes everything. And so that's our hope as a church. That's who we, we're called. We feel like God wants us to be in our community and in our world. 
So you're saying to yourself, maybe skeptic in the room, you know what? We're talking about places. We're talking about food here. It's a little different when we're talking about a person, Jesus. And it's, it's not even a person that we can see. He's not even present, okay? Well, let's, let's think about that a little further. Matthew 5. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5, if you have your Bible. Matthew chapter 5. There's mine. It's a familiar passage of Scripture. It's from this sermon that Jesus preaches, actually his most famous sermon. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus starts to tell us, gives, some, gives us some imagery here. It says this, you are the salt of the earth. Now, little Greek lesson, when you hear, see the word you in the gospel, it actually means you all, y'all, okay? That's where I come from, y'all, all right? So it means like it's, a, it's an individual, but it's also communal, okay? So it's y'all. Right? Y'all are the salt or the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop. They cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a, a lamp is, a, is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Two very familiar visuals here. We've got salt. Need to know this. Salt back in the day, as of like 100, 200 years ago, you could not find salt. It wasn't very frequent. It, it wasn't out there. In fact, back then, they actually used salt as currency. Uh, they would pay soldiers in salt. That's how just rare it was to find. And what do they use it for? They use it to to preserve, to protect, and to help save food. So God gives us this image to help preserve, protect, and to save. You, y'all, are the salt of the earth. What if, let's think about this, what if God strategically is placing you to help protect, save, and persevere in the world? Hmm. What if God has put you somewhere? He gives us another image, image, light. Light is a symbol of joy. It's a symbol of hope. It's of warmth. It illuminates. It draws things to it. From Alabama, we had these things. In Alabama, we had bug zappers. You know what those are? Those electric things. And bzz, the bugs would just go to it. Bzz, bzz. I've ne- I haven't seen any bug zappers. I don't know if they still exist or not, but we would literally just gather around the bug zapper and just watch the bugs. But light just draws us in. Now in Jesus's world, the world was very, very, very dark. Very dark. Darkness was all around. Kids, I know that was, it's hard to remember, but back in the day, they didn't have phones, flashlights on phones. They didn't have phones actually. But... Everything was dark, and there were cities. Those were the really only form of light. And a lot of these cities, they were on a hill. They were on top of a hill. So that's the, the, the backdrop of what we're seeing here. And what God is telling us, throughout Scripture, you see light is, is this combination of God is light. I am the light of the world. And he is calling us to be light in the darkness, to be light in the darkness. And it's not just it's not just you, is it? It's what? 
It's y'all, right? Y'all are called to be light in the darkness. Pretty, pretty cool imagery of the world. We, we know that when you see light and it's dark, you just suddenly, like, your eyes just kind of go to it. We notice that? It's a pretty cool thing for God to, to, to show us that. But how do we become light in the world? We know that our world is dark. We don't have to talk too much. We don't have to see too much in the news to realize that. We live in a dark world. So, so how does light uh, shine? How do we shine in the world? I don't think it's any connection. We can get a little more house light. I don't think it's any, uh, I don't think it's an a accident that right before he says this, he has this thing called the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes, that's when he says, blessed are, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who, who seek and realize that their need for God. And, and he gives us these, these different things. He, and he, he tells us who we should be and who we're called to be in the world. We're called to be humble. We're called to be merciful. We're called to be pure of heart. And then he starts to teach the, the, the Sermon on the Mount. And he starts to give us some imageries, images. He tells us this. You know, everyone loves their neighbor. Everyone loves their neighbor. But what I want you to do is love your enemy. Whoa, 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 whoa. If you start loving your enemy, folks, you're gonna start to shine. If you start to pray for those who, who do wrong in your life, who, who hurt you, you're gonna start to look a little different. In fact, if you start to look like Jesus and what he describes here, a person of grace, a person of forgiveness, a person of joy, he gives descriptions all throughout his word. And he starts to tell us what we should look like. We should be the image, the imagio Dei, the image of God that we were created to be. And when we start to look more and more like him, we start to glow brighter and brighter and brighter in the darkness. God says this, Jesus says, this, uh, Paul in Ephesians chapter five, verses one through two, he says this, imitate God therefore in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma for God. Jesus teaches and he demonstrates. Matthew 5, 16, the end of that, we just read it. It says this, in the same way, let what? Your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. There is a direct correlation in how we act and what people believe. What they see in our lives will tell us what we believe. Does anybody remember show and tell? Do you remember that as a kid? Do they, I don't think they still have show and tell. Uh, do you, kids, back in the day, I feel like I'm always giving these lessons. Back in the day, let me tell you, children, uh, we would walk to, I don't know. We would we'd have this thing called, did you guys have show and tell? Okay. All right, so you'd bring stuff to school, cool stuff to school, school, and then you would tell about what that is. Uh, I read a story, maybe this is the reason why they don't have show and tell anymore, but a teacher said that uh, there was a girl that forgot her show and tell one day, and so she brought a bunny rabbit in to class, and it would happen to be the, the bunny that had been run over at the bus stop. Uh, it was in a bag, and uh, so maybe that was the reason uh, we got rid of show and tell. Show and tell works. You see something 
and then you can tell about it. Tell and tell doesn't work as well. Tell and tell doesn't work as well. People are talking, but not showing. It doesn't work as well, does it? And when we have characteristics of Christ in our lives, it gives us the opportunity to tell because people will notice. If you are like Christ, they will notice that you're completely different in this world. We are called to be light in the darkness. Now, here's where people get nervous. Okay, what if people notice something different about me and then I, the whole telling part, that's the nervous part, right? What do I say? I don't know what to say to people. I, I love the story in John chapter nine. It's this guy who was, he was born blind and, and he, was, he was blind since birth. And Jesus comes by and I think I love it because of this part. He spits on the mud and he makes mud eyeballs. You remember, I don't know if you know that story, but read it today, John chapter nine. And he gives this guy like mud eyeballs and he tells him this, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So he has to actually go. There's a moment of faith for this guy. I mean, he doesn't know Jesus. He maybe has heard a little bit about him, but he actually goes and he washes. And what happens? He can see. He can see. Then people start to, they start to say, wait, you're not the the same guy. You're, You're not the same person. They start to question this guy. I was like, what happened to you? And, and if we start to shine the world, people have questions. Why are you so different? Why are you so happy all the time? Why do you act the way that you do? Do people have questions for you? But they, they had questions. What happened? I know you. You're not the same person I used to know. You're not the same person I, I knew just a few minutes ago, a few hours ago. What's changed? His story, he only knew Jesus for a little bit. What does he say? I don't know. All I know, I was blind, but now I see. All I know is this. I don't know everything, but I know that I was blind. I was living in darkness. And I don't know if you lived in darkness before, but I know what darkness is like. And when you can see for the first time, it changes everything. He changes his, his life, his world. And that's the news that he tells. Remember the first story we talked about, John chapter one? Andrew, his brother, did they know anything? They knew Jesus for one day and they were already inviting people to come. They were already pulling people. Hey, you gotta come check this out. You gotta come see, you gotta come see. Did they have theological degrees? Had they been going to church? Let's be honest, a lot of us have been coming to church for a long time. No, they one day, one day. You don't have to have all the answers, folks. Hey, look at my life. This is who I was before Christ. This is how I, I inter- was introduced to Christ. And now here's what my life looks like now. Tell our story. We're called to tell our story uh, together. And that's what people want. They wanna hear, why are you the way you are? And they want authentic. They want authentic. I love this verse, 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Paul says, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's a lot of pressure, okay? It's a lot of pressure. If someone's following me, you know, uh, I'm just not perfect. No one's perfect, right? I, I just don't think it's a good idea for people to follow me or to act like I do. Can I just clear something up? People already follow you. You've got family members who follow you. 
You've got kids that follow you. You've got people that follow you. And they, if they know that you are a Christ follower, people are always watching us. People are constantly watching. They, they're interested. They want to know. So it's, it's the call for all of us to say, imitate me. Just like Paul saying, imitate me as I imitate, as I imitate God. People, they don't care what you have to say unless they believe what they see inside of you. If they're attracted to what they see inside of you, they don't want to know what you have to say. And God's not interested in Christian spies. He doesn't need any spies in the world, okay? He's not looking for any undercover Christ followers or like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, just kind of be over here and not tell anybody. What happens when you go to your house and you discover that there's a light that's been left on in a room or in the garage? Doesn't that, that drive you nuts? You're like, how long has this light been on? And if you're a dad, you're like, this, we are not made out of money around here, all right? What's the point of lighting a light and going to put it in a closet that no one sees? And that's what he says here. Why would you light a light and put it under a basket? That doesn't make any sense. Christ has called us to be light in the world so that we can, can shine. Our faith, it should be personal. Your faith should be personal. And, and here's what I know some people say. My faith is real. You know, I, I just don't want to share. It's, it's so personal to me. It is personal, but God never intended for it to be private. He's never intended our faith to be private. It's a call that we should shine out. 2 Corinthians tells us this. We're called to be his ambassadors in the world. His making his appeal through us. So we speak for Christ when we say, come back to God. So the question is this. If you're a follower of Christ today, how's your glow today? How's your shine? Are you shining in the world? Pretty bright? Or is it... Uh, we were pretty honest, pretty dim. Pretty dim. Does anyone notice? Does anybody ask questions? Or are you just kind of like, just trying to shuffle into the mix? Do people notice? You know what I found? Uh, actually, my, uh, my friends, uh, several of them make fun of me. I, I'm the worst at this. My, my phone is obviously kind of like teetering on low, so I have a charger everywhere. I try to bring a charger with me. I go to people's house. I'm like, hey, can I borrow your plug? Can I borrow your plug? <laughs> I'm that guy, okay? I'm the guy that at the restaurant, you're like, does somebody have their phone charged up in their kitchen? That's me. <laughs> and I don't care. I just kind of just put it anywhere, and I'll, I'm getting a charge all the time because I, I want my phone to be charged. You can have the best phone in the world, but if you're not charged, you can have the best appliance in the world. But if you're not connected, it doesn't really matter. I need to be connected. I love when, when Christians first come to know, when people first come to know Jesus, because they're, remember that? You're glowing. I mean, you're glowing, you're excited. But somewhere along the way, you kind of lose some of that glow. I, I, we constantly have to be charging up. It happens here on a Sunday but it's gotta happen, it's gotta happen all the time. We gotta constantly be connected to the source of power. And for me, this is what I found. To power up, this is what I, I need to do. I need to read, I need to engage by talking to God and to others. I need to act and I need to sing. I've got to be reading something. I've gotta be into God's word. I've gotta be into his word. 
to get charged up, to be glowing in this world. I need to be engaging. I need to be talking to people. I need to be working things out. I've got questions, people, and I want to talk about those questions. I mean, you've got questions. We need to be chatting and talking and and saying, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? I need to be connected to God. I have got to spend time with God if I'm gonna be charged up. I need to act. I need to physically act. I need to help people. I need to love people. I need to, to do and to serve. And I need to sing. I know that sounds weird because some of us aren't singers in the room. I am not a singer, but I sing, people. I sing. And uh, I need to worship. I need to praise. I need to, to thank God. And when I do that, let me tell you, when I, you can just tell a difference in, in me. I am, am just glowing. I'm glowing in the world. And Jesus has called us to be a people that glow. To be a people that glow in the world. I don't know if you've seen this, uh, these yet, cool YouTube things. Uh, you, there are weddings and whatnot. So if you get invited to one of these weddings, you need to go to it. So you can play the video. Uh, we can just fade the music out a little bit. They're called, uh, I think they're called Chinese uh, lanterns, uh, paper lanterns. And you light them up. And uh, yeah, pretty awesome. And you let them go out into the world, which you just think immediately, there's gotta be a fire hazard somewhere here. But check this out. I mean, pretty awesome uh, visual. I kind of think that's where the church needs to be. As we're asking ourselves the question of, we don't want to just be a a place that you come to. We want to be the church in the world. We're called to be lights in dark places. We're called to be lights. We're called to glow and to, for people to see something inside of us, to show and to tell, not to tell and tell, show and tell. And when we do that, it gives us the opportunity to speak love into people, to speak truth, to speak hope. And you know what? It's okay if you just wanna invite people to church as well. When people see anything, what's up with you? What's so different about you? Man, I just, I just, you know, let me tell you about my story. And let me tell you a place where I go. And, and that's okay too. Under your seats, we've got these things right here. I don't know if you've seen these things. They're cards. And it just says HFC and it gives our logo. Or it gives our service times. Uh, some of you guys have these things uh, in your wallets. Here's just a, an easy thing for you. You get into a conversation. Hey, Here's, 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 here's my church. You don't have to go to my church, but man, I love my church. I love my church. And if you wanna, if you wanna come with me, I'd love to come with you. And, and here's an invite. Everyone loves an invite. Everyone loves an invite. Give them a card. Invite. Shine. Here's three things that God's calling us to do. Shine in the world, engage people, and invite Shine, engage, invite. He's called us to be, to reveal the light in the world. The worship band's coming up, and I've got to ask you a question. Who is the person in your life? Who is the person in your life that has given you a visible example of who Jesus is? See, I'm convinced that, you know, everyone, you've heard the message, but until you see it, hands and feet, See, that's what Jesus called us to be as the church. We are the what? The body of Christ. Man, I had so many people 
in my life. I, I guess I needed multiple examples. I had a great grandmother who loved, the Jesus, who loved Jesus. My parents just loved the Lord. You could see it in everything that they did, the way that they interacted with people, the way that they dealt with tragedy sometimes, the way that they lived their life, good times and bad times. You saw just the aroma. You smelled the aroma of God in their life. I had a youth pastor. My youth pastor just spoke truth. He just lived life in front of me. And I saw Jesus in his voice and his actions. Jesus is calling you to be lights, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. He's calling us as a church to be light. I want and I hope that HFC is a place. It just glows. It glows that people come here and they just like, man, there's just something different about these people. I don't know what it is, but I kind of believe them when they say they love Jesus and he loves us. That's, that's our hope, that we would reveal the light into the world. Let's pray that now. God, Jesus, thank you so much for those people in our lives. Friend, grandma, parent, or whoever it was, we've seen the visual image of you, Lord. God, we've heard your voice. We've heard your words. We've seen you acted when, when people have loved and served. And it's because of others that we have come to know you in a real and a personal way. And our lives have been changed by your love and your grace and your mercy, your forgiveness, your restoration in our hearts and our lives, God. It, it is just... It's been amazing. God, thank you for that. Lord, we can't thank you enough. Lord, And we pray, we, we pray desperately that we would be that light to our friends, to our neighbors. Lord, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, God, when we go to work, when we go to Starbucks, or when we, we coach a little league team, when we go to the ball game, when we cheer at a game, Everything that we do, Lord, our prayer is that people would see you in us and they would be, be asking questions. God, give us the opportunities, Lord. Give us words to say. You tell us you will. Lord, just to give us the, 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 the things to say, Lord, and help us to tell our story. Help us to share with others. God, not to be afraid. Lord, we don't wanna be ashamed of the gospel. It is the power to transform lives in this world. God, make us a church that is a light, that just glows this community. God, I pray that, Lord, people would, would come to know you in this place, Lord, and they would come to know you outside this place in places and opportunities that we have, Lord, to share your love with others, God. Lord, I pray for that person today, God, that's here. And there was one time in their life, they just beamed, they just beamed from your presence and your love. You, they were so excited about you. They couldn't wait to tell others. They couldn't wait to learn more. Maybe that light seems a little, maybe a lot dimmer. Jesus, pray they would plug into your power. Maybe they would rededicate, refocus. Lord, that they would take a step of faith today, Lord. God, and, and plug into you, God, and be reminded and remember what you have done and that you are the God. Thank you so much that you are the God that believes in us. You are the God of second chances. You are the God that, that wants to set us free, that gives us hope 
and purpose in our future, Lord. God, we pray these things and we hope these things in your name. Amen. Would you join us and stand? We're going to sing. And as we sing, I pray that you would have a conversation. Just spend some time with God and uh, we'll go from there.